the world is full of pictures. That's so the true. The world is so many pictures and that's so many so beautiful pictures. Yeah, that's so true. You know, you say, I'm a really good photographer. Yes, you know, I have taken many lovely shots, but by no means do I feel that I'm like so, I mean, I, that I'm so super special. <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah. let's be honest, because there are a lot of beautiful photographs. Yeah. But I think when you work in a medium like film, where there's a group of you working together on something and yes. you can, and you've got something deeper to tell. That's you know? true. It's not just like, this is, this is it here. It's like that depth. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of our podcast. Um, thank you so much for um, joining us on a weekly basis, guys, for um, watching our um, podcast, you know, listening our podcast, you know, um, on the first, um, I mean, the first episode of our podcast, I forgot to mention this news to you guys last time. Our first episode, um, we, we went number one on April podcast, um, on South African TV and film um, interview um, for about a week. And then I think now we've, we've just been bouncing between 10 and 5, 10 and 5 now. But on the first week um, of our first episode, we were number one in South Africa. So thank you so much, guys, for downloading, um, for listening, and um, for watching. Um, please um, don't forget to subscribe on our YouTube channel. Um, without wasting any time today, um, I have a special guest. Um, his name is Jan Ferboom. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, Jan Ferboom, but I'm just going to um, um, let Jan to introduce himself so that you guys can get to know him better. How's it, Jan? Hello, nice to meet you. Thank nice. you for having me. Nice. It, is, it is Jan Ferboom, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Um, so thank you so much, Jan, for just, um, you know, I had to, you know, cancel another guest when you said, yes, you're coming. I canceled someone else. I was like, okay, cool. Let me just cancel this person. If Jan said yes. Okay, cool. um, so thank you so much for um, joining us this week. Um, just looking forward to, you know, to hear more um, from you. So, I mean, um, would you mind to tell us more about yourself? Tell us about guests, you know, listeners and those who are watching more about yourself. Well, um, I'm a stills photographer. I... Um yeah, I, I don't know how far back you want to go. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, as much as as, as much as possible, as much as possible. You so, know. I mean, what is quite interesting, and I mean, it's a story that I quite like to tell people as well. Yeah. Um, I uh, I used to live in South Africa. Well, I lived in South Africa. I grew up in. I was born in South Africa, actually. Yeah. And then when the um, military service came along, I decided that I didn't want to do my military service here, and I left South Africa. And I was away for about eight years. My parents were Dutch. Um, okay. And uh, I ended up going to Holland. And quite miraculously, well, just by, by chance, yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, there was a part of me that really wanted to do farming. Okay. And to get in touch with, you know, nature, the land, yes. you know, the source of all food. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it seemed like quite a sort of a deep or sort of like quite a spiritual sort of journey to sort of be on. Sure. And I studied for three years and I majored in dairy farming. And um, oh, wow. I... What did you study? Um, it's called uh, bio, uh, bio, biodynamic de uh, farming in Holland. Oh, it's, it's very big. It's, it's, it's big in Germany, Denmark. Sure. Uh, there are lots of countries. Switzerland, it's also very big. Okay. So it's like, uh, it's very similar to the Waldorf schools that they have here in South Africa. Sure. It's a uh, similar philosophy. 
it's, it, I wouldn't call it organic, but it was, uh, it's quite a, a, a wholesome approach to sort of farming. You know, oh, okay. like the things. But I'm not going to go into that because yeah, it's probably not that important. Yeah, yeah. It's not that important here now. Anyway, the, the part that, um, um, yeah, that I want to tell you about is that um, my ex-girlfriend lived very close to the German border and um, we decided to, I had like a little bit of money and we decided to do a trip together sure. to drive from Holland down to Cape Town in a, in a VW bus. Really? So I bought myself a bus and because she lived very close to the German border, yeah. I thought to myself, well, let me buy a Nikon camera because they were a lot cheaper in Germany than they were in Holland. So yeah. I was so busy sort of uh, um, getting the vehicle what, sort of sorry organized. For, yeah. Sorry for cutting. So, so what year was that? God, it's like um, the late 70s, I think. Jeez, 80, like, 80s. Yeah, so. that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was not uh, even... Look, dates, dates are not, yeah, one of my strong points. Yeah. Anyway, so um, um, I fixed up my car and then I decided to, tr we, we traveled down, we was uh, 30,000 Ks, we were on the road for nine months. Jeez. And when I arrived in Cape Town, I had, it was nice to see a lot of my old friends again. Um, and as you know... So you were on the road for nine months? I was on the road for nine months. Yeah. That's and crazy. Traveled, I actually traveled over the Saharan Desert. That's it was quite, yeah, it was quite wild. I mean, That's we insane. saw lots of cars that had broken down. And um, yeah, we had some very interesting stories, which I'm going to bore you with now, but there were some very quite interesting stories sure. that, that happened. Yeah. So I arrived in Cape Town and um, I only had 14 rolls of film. Um, and I don't know if you know much about film, film yeah. cameras, but there was a maximum of 36 images per roll. So you can imagine that, let's say, times 40, uh, I don't know what, 14 times 40 images. That's all I had Jeez, for nine like... months. <clears throat> so I arrived in Captain, had, had the stuff processed. I shot uh, slide film. Mm -hmm. Now slide film by nature, you, there's only one correct exposure. If it's too dark, it's too dark. And if it's too light, it's too light. Sure. So, and you can't actually change it. So, so for those who don't know what is slide film, what is slide film? So slide film is a positive so you can actually look at the picture and it looks like a photograph. Okay. So it's the way you see it. Sure. So um, in black and white photography, you shoot with negative film. Mm. Then you put it in an enlarger and then you, you invert the image and then it becomes positive. Sure. And then you see it the way you see it normally. Yeah. So with slide film, <clears throat> it is what it is. And uh, I processed the stuff and then I started giving slideshows. You know, people, hey, people wanted to see my pictures and we'd have an evening. And then people would say, geez, you've got such a good eye. You know, have you, have you ever thought of being a photographer? And um, I had never, ever, ever thought of being a photographer because yeah. you know, I'd taken pictures and I, I certainly didn't rate myself very high. Yeah. Um, anyway, so what happened was I had a friend who, um, uh, he, yeah, um, she was working for a modeling agency and mm. we went away for a weekend. We went to Cedarburg and there was a, a German. So so is that in Cape Town now or? That's in Cape Town, yeah. Okay. So I was in Cape Town and um, we went on this hiking trip and he said, you know, would you like to come and help me next week? Mm. And he really liked me and, you know, so we worked together for a little while. But then he went back to Europe and then he said, you know what, I've got this other photographer, Cape Town photographer, you can go and work with him. And so I started. So, what, so it was all what, by chance that I kind of rolled into photography. What year was that? <sighs> Well, was that like the 80s now or still uh, 70s? No, it's, 
I would say it's in the early 90s. Okay, okay. Yeah. No, it was, no, 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 I'm lying. It was the, the later 80s. So it was okay. probably about 86. Oh, okay. That's, that's when this all happened. Sure. <coughs> Sorry. Um, then um, I started working with other photographers. I worked at Ogilvy uh, in Cape Town. Yeah, there was that's a, great. There were two in-house photographers there. Uh, I did a lot of car photography. And then Brian Siltrip, who was their creative director, and mm -hmm. they sold out to Ogilvy. Ogilvy bought them out because it was a different agency at the time. Okay. And he said to me when uh, Barry White, who was the in-house photographer at yeah. the time, he said, you know, Jan, I really would like it if you came and joined us, you know, as a photographer. And I said to, I said to Brian, you know, like, Brian, I don't think I can do this, man, because I've never, ever had a picture published. Yeah. So he said to me, no, 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 just put some stuff together. I just want to see what you can do and so on. Then he, I got a call two weeks later. He says, listen, dude, uh, uh, I want to offer you the job. That's amazing. And um, on one condition that we use one of your images for a VW campaign. Oh, wow. And we're going to pay you for it. So I thought, wow, that's, gee, that's really amazing. I've never, had a, <laughs> I've never been paid for any of my images. So, so just a quick question. So, so <laughs> when, before, like, like when you arrived in Cape Town, um, like, did you like, do anything apart, like, because you, obviously you were not doing, like, photography, photography for, I mean, for a living. Like, what, what, like, what were you doing? Or were you just, like, um, exploring or whatever? I was working with other photographers, you know. Okay. So, so my father was a creative. He was, a, he was, an, art, he was a, um, an artist. He was sure. a painter and a sculptor. So I kind of grew up in, 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 I grew up in a creative environment. Oh, that you know makes what sense. I mean? So it wasn't like totally alien to me. Sure, that makes sense. And we had friends who also worked in ad agencies, you know, like my, my, yeah, my parents' friends. And so, so yeah. it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that obscure. Yeah, that makes sense. So then Brian said, yeah, we want to use that image for, our, you know, for the, our campaign. And I said, yeah, fantastic. And um, about two months later, it won an international award. Oh, wow. It was a picture that I'd taken of an aeroplane that was up in Joburg. I was actually assisting on a job. It was a TVC. Yeah. And they flew me up to Joburg to work on the TVC as a sort of, as a, oh, what do they call it? Like a, like a production assistant. Sure, sure. And I had my camera around my neck and I photographed it. And then that became the shot. Uh, and it was, it was really nice so, because it was a photograph and a little bit of text. So uh, obviously the text had something to do with it, but it was the photograph that yeah. saw the shot. And that's pretty much how my career started. Then I was with Ogilvy for five years. I worked on VW accounts, Audi, you know, they had Woolworths. They had lots of accounts. So I, I sort of tested the waters in many different types of styles of photography. Sure. And then in 1996, I decided to leave. That was five years later. I decided, you know, I've got to go and do something else. I'm start becoming a photographer. I yeah. had a very nice portfolio and I knew a lot of people in the industry. So I went off and uh, I needed a studio. So that's how Rudabum Studios, where you guys are currently shooting. Sure. Um, I used to live up the road and one day I was driving up the road here and um, we... I just saw there was a bit of activity going on here and I thought to myself, you know, let, let me see what's happening. I was driving up Rodeblum Road one day and I saw there was a bit of activity here at the church and I thought to myself, well, let me ask, see if maybe they've got a space to, you know, for me to rent because I needed a studio. And 
they, it, was, it just so happened that that week they'd had a meeting and they decided that they wanted to rent out the hall, which is next door. Oh, wow. Anyway, our renters started renting it out. It was quite, um, at the time, there weren't many people coming, going to church. They're very big buildings and um, they liked me as a tenant and I started fixing up the place. I started painting it up and making it look nice because I also wanted it That's to look great. good. And, so. and then I can't remember what time period went by, but it was less than a year later that they said to me, you know what? We think you're letting the whole building go. Would you like to put an offer in for the building? And um, was like was there like a church? This was a church, yeah. There was yeah. a beautiful organ over here. Yeah, a massive organ, which they, um, which I didn't, I, I didn't want to keep because it was, it felt like such a waste to just have it here. Yeah, I could have had it, but you know, it was, yeah, it was, and the, it was actually quite sad because you know people didn't go to church as much like they used to. So this, this was obviously a home for people like meeting each other. Yeah. It was a Methodist church. So it was, uh, there, there are lots of memories. I've met lots of people. I've met I'm people sure. that got, you know, they, they got to meet each other here. They got married here. They lost their virginity here. You know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, you've got, it's, it's hilarious what people tell you. And um, yeah, and then I bought the building and then I thought to myself, well, what am I going to do with this building? And uh, there was an ad agency that was very keen. Well, they were called Baked Beans at the time. And yeah. um, they were interested in it, but it, was, it became very complicated. And then it gave me enough thought. And I thought to myself, you know, the overheads are very low. So why don't I just start renting a space out? I've got a bit of gear. I've got stuff. And, and then before I knew it, it sort so, of got busier and busier. And, and that's how it became. It, it wasn't like my intention to start a, you know, a, a rental studio either. Sure, sure. So within like your five years period at, um, at, at, at Ogilvy, so you, yes. obviously you were investing in equipment and stuff like that, yes. right? So by the time you finished and then you had like some equipment yes. that you can start over with like in terms of rentals and stuff like that. Yeah. So by the time you got this got the studio, you already had like some equipment, something that you could start with. So as soon as you left, like you started freelancing or you just maybe started like renting out the place and then you were thinking of what, you, what, what was your next step? So, I mean, what is quite interesting, which I think is also worth telling, is that at the time, you know, if you were, if you were a photographer, mm. there was almost like a hierarchy. There was like a thing, you know, like in the, in the, in the military, you have your... Yes. You know, like the, the longer you've been, you get another one, another yes. stripe or another whatever on your, on your badge. And as a photographer, you were, you had already gear, you had a studio, you had things. And everybody knew it wasn't that easy for an outsider to come into your space. Hmm. Because, you know, with it came all the extras that were part of it. Exactly. Yes. So today you can be a photographer and you can hire your own gear. You don't actually have to own anything. Mm -hmm. So that's how the landscape is quite, you know, it has kind of changed. Which, sure. You know, which, 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 which I think is quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can even get a photographer now who, um, a photographer who doesn't know how to do lighting. Sure. And he just gets somebody, a lighting assistant to come in and, and work on his campaign. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, all a photographer needs is, is to get somebody to, you know, to do the job for. Exactly. If you can convince somebody that you can do the job. Exactly. And you sort of notch up a couple of nice jobs, you yeah. can become a photographer, you know. Yeah. So, you know, the scenario has changed a lot in the time that I've been sort of exactly. shooting. So, so now you've got the studio, you've got now, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So now what's your next step? Like now you, you need to get like people, like people to work with or did you start everything on your own and then you... Um, I had some very nice, there was, there was a girl that, um, she's now living in Australia. She mm-hmm. was uh, a good friend. She was actually, she assisted a, a good photographer in town. And uh, I convinced her to come and join us here. And we kind of set up Rodebloom Studios. It was, it, I mean, it was a very different. Also, when I moved here, it was, we were more like a commune. We were eight photographers. Jeez, and we'd all, you know, they wouldn't pay, you wouldn't pay to have uh, a space here, but, you know, if you use the space, then you would charge your client. So that, you know, that's, yeah. so that was the model that we ran oh, on there. Oh, it was more like a community thing. Yeah, it was like a community thing. So yeah. you kind of collectively have a space that you can all work from. And you charge the client. It worked, it worked, but eventually it also got, you know, it was, you know, then this one left and then that, and then this one couldn't pay. I, yeah. um, I had a friend who, I mean, I had a couple of people that, you know, ratcheted up quite a lot of money that they owed me and I never got paid for it. Jeez, you know? um, I've got a beautiful set of speakers at home, which one of the guys, you know, left behind for me. <laughs> I mean, they're like crazy speakers. They're like, yeah. uh, they're like these super expensive Italian speakers made with like rosewood or I don't know, some kind of exotic wood. Sure. And uh, in, in, a, in a way, I'm still, I'm glad to have them. But, you know, it was the kind of knock, it wasn't, it wasn't money related. Yeah. Know? And he felt yeah. bad and he just sort of said, look, let's do a, tr- a straight swap. Sure. So, I mean, for you to have been running the studio like that much long, you must be doing something right. Like something very, very right. Because I know people who started business two years ago and they're not existing today. You know, and people who started business five years ago and today they're struggling, they're closing down because of the issues that we are currently facing in, the, in our country and in the entire you know, planet, you know, but in the world. And you are still here surviving and you've got like your employees, you know, everybody's running up and down. It's like, I mean, it's like you're running like a, a, mature, a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. as if there's no problem, but there's so many crises happening right now in our country. So, like, how, like, like how are you keeping everything together since from, you know, then up until now? What is it that you are doing right? Yeah, look, I mean, <clears throat> I suppose from the outside, it doesn't always look as good as it does from the inside. You know, it's, you know there's the reality, like what people, how people perceive you. That's the one thing. Yeah. I mean, it is true. We've been running for a very long time, and there are many things that we have done right. Yeah. Um, but also with like all the COVID stuff, the power that's going down, mm. it's, it does inflict. Yeah, it does affect our industry. Yeah. And also, what's also quite interesting is that um, the costs of doing shoots are also, have also been brought down quite a lot. Yeah. So you know the kind of income that you had from a from a big shoot. Yeah. You know, uh, there's a lot less of that. And you yeah. know, I've seen. I'm not going to mention suppliers who, you know, who come to our studios, but, you know, you can see that the shoot dates are becoming less as well. Yes, that's true. So it, 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 is, it does make for interesting sort of uh, mathematics to sort of see how you can kind of do that. And, mm. um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm now 64. 
You yeah. can't say that. No, 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 no. No, you yeah. can never say that. Yeah, thank you. See <laughs> <laughs> you later. But, you know, the, the reality is, uh, you know, like, you know, how is this going to carry on? You know, the, because there might very well be a time when I, went, I don't want to be, be here all the time either. Mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've loved being here. It was, it's been a fantastic sort of journey. Sure. And it's thing, and like, how does one transition from where we are now so that it kind of stands on its own two feet? Mm. And um, yeah, just kind of make it work, you know, sure. so that it's. I mean, what is really nice, I mean, during lockdown, we had um, uh, people, all, all our staff got paid. I believe yeah. so. Yeah, and that, I believe I mean, so. And it was kind of one of my wishes, and yeah, yeah you know. I believe it, so. It, it was quite amazing to be able that to was, do that. That's going to be my next question, even though, <laughs> even, even though I believe that, because I mean, you're running for that much, like that, for that long, you must be doing something right and you know something right. So when you face such times, it, uh, for, for the time that you've been running and how well you've been running, you will know what to do. You know, I mean, there are so many people who didn't know what to do, lost everything, closed down their businesses. You know, the fact that, you know, um, 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 you, you, you even managed to, 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 to pay your staff during lockdown. Yeah. You know, that's my question. Like, how, like, how do you run a successful studio? Like what, like, what qualities do you need to have as a studio owner to rent like a successful studio? To, to, to know that each and every single month your, 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 your staff is paid every month. Yeah. You know, everything, even whether there's work, whether there's less work or much work. Like, how, like, how, like, how do, you, do you do it? Well, look, a lot of it was on gut feel. You know, I'm not like, you know, I am a creative, so it's not like I sit there on a piece of paper and work out like projections and so. Sure. And it's, you know, it's, but, you know, there are right times right now that I am sort of kind of wondering, you know, the business model's also changed. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking with my studio manager about it now and, you know, her one suggestion is to make these big spaces smaller. But mm. I'm also saying, well, you know, so, so maybe to put it in, in, in a different way. So let's say like if you have a client, uh, ex-client, you know, and they're used to shooting, let's say like four days, four days a week in mm. our studios. Now, suddenly they, they, their business is also now said to them they can only do two days a week. Yeah. And they must downscale it. And everybody's going smaller. That's true. So I was saying to Marisha the other day that, you know, actually what we need to do is to actually not focus on that client that's going down, is to look at bigger clients that are now moving into the space. Mm -hmm. That would be another way of doing it, you know, mm -hmm. because, and there are people, so like, let's say like video, you know, video crews, which yeah. um, they would normally go into big, big studios. So maybe there's a space there for us as well, that's where true. we can also do it. So I think one's got to be adaptable. Um, I think one of the, I mean, one of the reasons why people like coming here is because um, they get, I mean, as you can see, this is all nice and clean. Yes, and it's, exactly. You know, toilets are good. And so we try and keep a standard that, that, that's going there. Yes. But yeah, the, I mean, another great advantage that I've had is that because we've got four studios, four big studios, we can also share the costs. So it's spread out over the different studios. Yeah, yeah. So if you have one space, it's more difficult because you still need a cleaner. You need somebody to lock up. You mm. need somebody to look after the cars. You need, you know, and you can't just have those single people on one studio space. That's true. So, yeah. yeah.
So now, um, your photography, okay, now before I, I get to the photography yeah. part, I just want to know, you know, because I know that there are so many people like, who would love to start a studio, like small, like studying, like photo, studying photography, they would love to start their own studios. Like, what would you say to like someone, like in the moment, they don't have a studio, they just have a camera, you know, mm. and they want to have their own studios where they can do their own projects and rent it out, get a little bit of money. Like, what, 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 what advice would you give them? Like to start up something. Well, look, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, whatever your overheads are required to what you are offering, you need to be able to write that off against, you know, what your business is, you know, bringing in. Otherwise, you're going to run into trouble. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it is tricky. So I think, you know, I, I would advise anybody to sort of try and cut the overheads as, as much as possible. So, I mean, when we, when, when I came here... And I mean, I mean, you'd never say so. Um, I had quite a few people come to me and said, you know, like this, you know, it's like a bit of a hairbrand idea. Like, who wants to come all the way from centre of town mm. to come to Woodstock? You know, this is like, you know, seriously, just think about this again. Yeah. And I said to myself, well, you know, Woodstock is not that far away, and there will come a time when the the costs are so high in town that maybe it works to my to my benefit, exactly. and it sure did, you know. Now there are people traveling much further away, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, I, you know, the other nice thing about having four studios is that if you, do, if you can't get in on the one studio, people, people will call us, you know, uh, as, as a first option because, you know, the, you know, if you can't get that one, maybe you can get that one. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, which is also nice. People don't want to like hunt around as well. Sure. You've just got to try and make it as easy as possible. I always use this fantastic example of, uh, I say to my, well, my children as well, you know, like, because everybody says, yeah, oh, you can't do it. You know, like let's say in business, mm. can't do it. I need money and, you know, I need to make a loan. And, you know, there's always like lots of, so I, you know, I, I often say, well, Okay, let's say we want to start up a good restaurant. Give me a couple of things that would make a good restaurant. So, I mean, if I had to ask you, what would, be, what would, what would you consider a good restaurant? So, you'd say delicious food, obviously, mm. great service, uh, a nice location, um, nice feel of the place, maybe yeah. nice music. Um, and then there are probably more food things that everything feels clean. Yes. And <clears throat> if you were to put all those things, you could say, well, you know, that's what's required for, for a good restaurant. So once you've identified the things that make up a really good restaurant and you, and you listen to people, you ask people what it is, you know, like what, what are the things, you know, like what does it mean by good food? And if you're in agreement with a lot of people and people like your idea of what is good mm. food, then surely you should have a good restaurant. That means you could go anywhere, and if you can tick off all those, tick off all that list, you know that list of things that we kind of agreed to, then you should have a good restaurant. Yes, because that's, you know that's, that's, and and I think that's often how business works. And I yeah. think people often forget. People make excuses. Why? Let me just close with this. Okay. People make excuses for you know ah it's too expensive. I don't have the money, or you know like my father didn't have this, or. You know, sometimes you just got to kind of see, look, going way beyond something and you can't deliver, yeah. that's going to be failure. That's true. So maybe downscale your thoughts and be good at what you can do. Yeah. And then you will be okay. You will be good.
I hear you. So now you've got the studio, you've got equipment, you've got everything. Now you're fully running. And then, oh, so you said that you've got like eight guys that were working in. So like, how do you um, attract, you know, customers like clients? How do you, you know? Look, look, I mean, I suppose Cape Town's, I mean, we, pe- many people know who through Boom Studios. It's, yeah. You know, it's, it's, like, it's I mean, you know, the market is fairly small. It's not like, you know, and I think also once you've been here, you kind of remember. Yeah. I think there's also a lot of referral trade as well. Yeah. And then we've also used our spaces for events. Yes. Know? I've had people get ma- getting married here, you know, because sure. this could still, still makes a very nice space. Mm. So these are also things that I'm looking at, you know, like, let's say, like, to, you know, towards the future. If, sure. let's say, like, the downscaling of photography. Because, you know, like, even the setup that we've got here now, you could possibly do this. You don't have to be in a big space like this. You could do it in a smaller space. Yes. But um, <clears throat> if everybody is so conscious of the finances, then, yeah. you know, I must just sort of shift my way of thinking and thinking, you know, how can I attract business that can use bigger spaces like this? So be that, you know, maybe TVC, TVC film productions, yes. uh, you know, events. There's lots of other things. You could be, have, you know, people having meetings or sure. could have even aerobics classes or so. Exactly. <laughs> You know what I mean? Well, so, just so, gotta like it. so you're not boxed into... Yeah, I don't think... I think the thing is you mustn't be too boxed in as well. Yeah. You know, you've got to kind of flow. And it does, it does change. I mean, even, you know, like since COVID with the, um, with the downscaling, with social media influences, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely taken a big turn. And I That's think, you true. know, a lot of the agencies that haven't been able to That's shift true. out of that, mm. you, know, they've, they've, you know, they've kind of lost out. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah. So now, like, um, getting into your, you know, um, photography, photography yes. career, you know, um, because you've done a lot. You've, um, when you're working for, 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 for JLV, then yes. you open your own thing. And then obviously, um, some other, some other production would still call you. Yeah. And, you know, so what would you say to like to, makes you like the best because your stuff is, is great. You know, like the basic things that like a photographer needs. Like the basic thing, like if you say like you want to like this, there's a guy somewhere who wants to start a photograph, like what are the basic things that you say, okay, these are the things that you would need to start off? I think a good knowledge of where you need to go to yeah, is, that's, that's is critical. You know, if you can't understand what's, you know, at the end of the day, as a photographer or anything, you, you are reliant on an outside, an outside source of income. Sure. And you need to deliver. You've got a supply of whatever it is. Yes. It's like, you know, you can have this, fant- you, can, you know, you can kid yourself in being the best restaurant ever, but if the people don't feel that, then there's no point. That's so true. So it's the same thing with being a photographer. You know, and I would say, they, you know, I've seen many photographers come and go, and I think there are many photographers who, they love photography or they love the idea of photography. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like also in a relationship, you know, I can be in love with a woman, but I mean, if she doesn't love me back, it doesn't really exactly. help. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, 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 that, it's that combination of the two of you or, you know, it's, 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 it's a much bigger relationship. Sure. 
And you know, you've also got to be, you know, if you want to, if if you want to be in a good relationship, you need you need to work for it. You need to make it work. You need to, That's true. you know, it's it's got to feel good. It's got to come from both sides. So yeah, I suppose it's the same. It's the same same thing with photography. You mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah. So my, I mean, my work has changed quite a lot over the years as well. Because I mean, yeah. I used to shoot cars. I shoot, you know, like lighting, lots of lighting. So. And over the last couple of years, I shoot uh, a lot on television commercials. Yeah. So, um, so like, what are the disadvantages of being like a photographer? What are the advantages? Something that you say, oh, listen, you want to be a photographer, but then you must, you must be aware of, of this and this and that and that. You know, like the disadvantages of, if you want to be like a full-time photographer, someone that wants to be a full-time photographer, like, yeah. like yourself, like what are the disadvantages that you can say that... Okay, so yeah, look, I, I, I do have, I have, got, I've got quite a lot of questions in my head around that question because yeah. another way, I mean, if you put the question slightly differently, and I don't know if it like covers your question, yes. is to say, if I were twenty-five, thirty, starting all over again, would I become? Would I be a photographer? That's a good question. So yes. that's so that's phrasing it in a slightly different way. Yes. So firstly, I just want to say, I love photography it gives me an immense amount of energy I, I, I love being a creative I love making beautiful things mm-hmm. I love uh, it feeds me incredibly on the inside you know when I take beautiful pictures it, I, I kind of feel not proud yeah. you know, it's like you think wow it's beautiful I love that shot I can also let it go very quickly yes because then there's another one that comes and it keeps coming it's like almost like a yes it's like a pleasure sort of kind of thing. It just mm. keeps coming back and again and again. And I, I, I get tremendous uh, um, uh, feedback or I get a tremendous sort of inner satisfaction about delivering yes. nice pictures. And I think that's also a very crucial thing. You know, it's like that restaurant. You need to deliver a really good, you know, if you go to a restaurant and you know that the cook loves his cooking, yeah. you're going to enjoy it a lot more too. You know, and it's the same thing with, you know, if you can see that coming through in the photography. And I think there are a lot of photographers who don't really feel that. You know, they just see it as, you know, oh, you need a picture of this, let's take a picture of that. Mm-hmm. Let's take a picture, you know, and they've never really thought about. So once you get into that groove and you start creating, I think it kind of, it, sure. it, it, it feels. Then coming to the question about if I was 25 again or 30, what would I do? I probably wouldn't choose photography. I would probably go more into filmmaking. Why? So filmmaking is, so, okay, so let's put it, I mean, you've, 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 I mean, um, you've probably had discussions with people already, like about AI photography. Yes, I yes. don't know if you've seen, you know, I mean, there's some of these uh, groups where you can put photographs in, you can sort of make it do things, you can sure. supply it with photographs of yourself, and then suddenly it pops out different people of yourself. And I think that the algorithms are going to get stronger and stronger. And I think eventually a lot of photography, let's say like if you have a pack shot, mm-hmm. can of Coke or whatever, you can easily make that up on computer. Yeah. You know, there's no need to photograph that anymore. That's true. You can light it. You can tell it lighting from this side, a bit of soft over here. And it's make the, you know, some, so it runs over the lettering so you can read it nice and clearly. And you can make it a nice high resolution. You can start putting things. Yeah, the, I mean, there's also another thing is that people numb down. You know, let's say like if you were to see a, 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 um, a, um, like an AI version of a can of Coke, nobody's going to say, 
oh my god you know like I can't yeah, drink this true. stuff this is like fake yeah that's true you know what I mean so it's it's like you know like what is it doing for the person who's looking at the image yeah you know what I mean so I think there is going to be masses of shifts uh, towards the future and I think photography will also fall to that I think you know a lot of people who had certain talents are suddenly not needed anymore mm. and I think with moving footage there's a narrative there's a story there's stuff even like you the two of us are talking now, there's stuff coming out which you didn't know that was going to come out. That's true. And which is going to make it a lot more difficult for an AI. I mean, it might, maybe towards the future, maybe in 50 years' time, we can sort of, you can have an interview with me without me even being sitting here. For yeah, that's true. Who knows? I mean, I don't know if you've seen, uh, Bruce Willis has now just done his, uh, his first TV commercial where he, um, I mean, he's agreed to it, that they're allowed to use his face, but he's not actually in the commercial. Really? I haven't seen that. Oh, you haven't seen it? No. I, came, I saw it last week. Oh, I'll, I'll check so it out. It's an, it's an AI version of him, and he's fully given them permission to use his uh, face. And, yeah, he's like endorsing a certain product. So, you know, yeah. that's, that's coming, you know. We, we, might get Claudia, we might get Claudia Schiffer back, you know, out. Yeah, I all mean, these, uh, all these models from the from the eighties, <laughs> or you know, something being back and so exactly. the clothes again. It was like quite crazy, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've seen like like, like some, most of your stuff, you know, like your stuff is amazing. Like you take like amazing pictures, like 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 jaw dropping pictures. Mm -hmm. You know, I actually worked with you on a job. Um, I was at. I was I was I was doing production at the time at Ground Glass. Okay. We were shooting in Constantia. Okay. Uh -huh. um, I was a production coordinator. Um, that was like years ago at Ground Glass. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and and also you also credit me on one of your pictures. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, That's when you Google nice. my name, you'll see under you know you'll see Ground Glass, whatever, 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 and then you see my name. Okay, I'm wow. like, oh, okay. it's like you take, I'm, we're shooting, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if you remember, shooting Constantia, like in this big house, it's the house of a guy that, I think it does tech, something like that. It's a huge uh, house in Constantia. A can, you, can you remember what the commercial was for? Because um, that would probably help me. I've shot, in, I've shot in Constantia quite a few times. On, I forgot, yeah, I forgot, I forgot. Yeah, that, I mean, that, I mean that, that was like a while ago. Yes. That was a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was still studying up in production. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so you take amazing pictures. Like you were with a lady, I think that is the lady. It was Tatiana. Tatiana. Yeah. Your assistant or something like yeah. that. She, yeah. She, I, I think she put your name on the picture. Oh, yes, yes. Put my name. Yeah, she production. was very good at that. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like, it's, it's like take amazing pictures. Like, yeah. you know, so like what makes you that good? Because you are that good. You know, when you talk about, when you talk about photographers like in, in, in South Africa, there's no way you will, you, I mean, you will forget the name Jan Ferboom. There's no way you can take that name out when you talk about photographers in our, photographers in our country. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no way that um, I was telling Kim um, on our last interview that, you know, when I Google, when you Google like the best, um, best directors and I mean, best directors in Cape Town, you know, I'm sorry, in South Africa, Kim's name pops up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the same thing with you. When you Google like best photographers in South Africa, you know, or in Cape Town, your name will pop up. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it doesn't pop up by chance. 
Yeah. You know, because there are so many, like millions and gazillions mm. of photographers out there. You know what I mean? Cape Town, Joburg, PE, you know, different places, but your name pops up. Like, you are that good, you know? Yeah. So, you. so, like, what makes you that good? Well, look, it's something that I don't think about very often. It's, you know, it, I mean, what I, you know, when I take, when I go and photograph, I, I get so into just photographing, filming, making beautiful stuff. It's, the, yeah. it's quite funny. It's almost like, um, it's like, almost like a, a third sense takes over. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, if I haven't shot for a while, I, you know, I can feel that I'm like struggling to get into it again. Yeah. But then there's a certain point when it takes over and then it just kind of starts flowing. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, I suppose, uh, I, I can't think of anything. It's like, uh, I mean, what are things, I, you know, like with driving. Yes. You know, if you haven't, you know, when you just done your exam, you know, you're still like very conscious about doing this sure, and sure. feeling like thing, but eventually you just, it flows. Yes. And photography is like that for me as well. It's like, you know, it's like what I said earlier. It's like if you understand where you want it to go to, yes. it's going to be so much easier sure. than um, um, not knowing where to go to. Yeah, think, yes. You know. So what I wanted to ask was like, um, obviously, you know, um, there's so many, you know, young photographers out there who would mm. love to work with someone like you like yeah. as, a, as their mentor. Do you usually do stuff like that, mentor people or... Um, I've definitely mentored a lot of people. Yeah. And I've also mentored people who've actually gone off and become photographers or video uh, believe, makers and stuff like so. that. Yeah, yeah. I also like to um, uh, to sort of open, to make people, allow them to be, become creative. Yes. You know, because you know, there are blockages that people have and it's also sure. nice to be able to sort of allow people to flow. Yeah. So like, um, so like when you like when you get a job from a client, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, you speak um, the director. You have a brief with the director, whatever. Tell you about whatever that is happening, and then like, um, um, I don't know how to put this question. I want to put it in a very way that you understand it because I'm the only one who understands this question. So I want to put it in a way that you understand. Um, so, how do you meet? Like, because of, because obviously productions and agencies, they've got different expectations. Mm. You know what I mean? So how do you meet those different expectations and continue being the best that you are? Because it's, um, it's somewhere somehow you'll spill that milk. Well, I think the thing is, you know, I think a duty of anybody who's delivering anything, you know, be it an architect or somebody who's building houses, is to actually sort of find out sure. what it is that somebody wants. You know, delivering something that you might think is beautiful is not necessarily what they think is beautiful. That's true. I you love know? that. And I love that. And sometimes it also means to sort of show them what you what you think it could be. And you could reference something. You could say, "Look, I think we should be this direction." It's also, you know, I, 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 I've been in situations with art directors before that they know they've booked me for something. Sure. And I know very well that they haven't really thought about it that much, but they know that they need to get a shot of this and this and this. Yeah. But they haven't, you know, they don't also want to like, they don't want to cramp your style either and saying, you know, we have to have it like this and then this must be behind there and then the window must be over there. Because sure. then they're over-directing it and then, yes. I'm just carrying, then I'm just doing what they want me to do. Yes, yes. You know, and then it's like very often you get disappointed. 
Yes. But when you look at, you know, like you look at what, what should the image be telling, what, who's your target audience, yes. um, what would you like a reader who's looking at the picture, what would you like them to feel, mm-hmm. uh, where do you want this, you know, wh- where do you see this product going to if it's for something for marketing purposes and stuff like that. I love that. So obviously when you're working as an art photographer, you know, for, if you're working for yourself, I, I mean, I'm actually lying because there are many art photographers who actually also think yeah. My client will like this. So then it's not really they're doing it. They're actually putting their stuff on what they, they, they think their clients do. Yes. So I think to be really free is to say, uh, yeah, this looks beautiful. I, I like this. You know, I don't really, you know, I'm just going to do it. Maybe other people don't really respond to it in that way. But, yeah. but often people do respond to it in that way. You know, I've, um, I've got a, an Instagram page, my personal Instagram page. Sure which I haven't posted anything on for the last two years, yeah. but it was very much a, an expression of me as my inner artist in a way, mm. but it wasn't art for art's sake. It was just me being creative. And there were obviously shots, a, lot, a couple of shots of my kids in it, and it was like being silly and there was humor in it. Yeah. And, you know, and the more one actually gets more in touch with that, it also becomes easier because then you are you. Yes. you know, it's like, you know, if you like DJing, Play the music that you love DJing. Don't yeah. play the music that, other, that you want other people to hear because then there are always going to be people saying, yeah, okay, have you got this or have you got exactly. that? Or have you got Not that? everyone's going to be happy. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to be happy. So rather yeah. just play the stuff that you love playing and, you know, and may, hopefully somebody will resonate and they'll like what you're playing. That's true. So, yeah. That's true. So just two questions before we, I mean, we round off this, we round off this um, podcast, like the difference between stills and behind the scenes. Okay, so stills are for marketing purposes. I love the, I love the answer. And it is for a client, and the client has, you know, that's what is, you know, if, if you know what that product is for, which age group, you know, the kind of thing, who's going to respond to this stuff, you can actually shoot with that stuff in mind. Sure. BTS or behind the scenes is you creating what is happening behind the scenes. And sometimes there's a relevance to it as well because, mm. you know, people love to see what's going on. But it doesn't always necessarily sell a product. Yeah. You know? So which one do you enjoy the most? The uh, I like both. I like, I like both. both. Look, I mean, I suppose I'm trained more for the, you know, yeah, for the still shot. You know? yeah. So that's, you know, shooting the image. The BTS, it's, it's a nice, it's a mood thing. It yeah. sort of kind of gives you a feel of what's happening. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, so um, just to finish up, you know, um, any last words that you would like to say, you know, um, to the young, to the young, I mean, to the young you, you know, out there, you know, someone maybe is just like in the film school, maybe doing photography, not sure if I should do photography, I should do film, you know, or what, or someone who's just asking themselves, okay, I'm gonna do photography, okay, so, and then what after that, you know? Yes. Because, because some, I mean, some other people, they, they don't see photography as, as a career, yes. they just see it as like, and some, something is more like, um, something extra, like something that you just do for fun or whatever, a hobby or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's like if you're talking to our parents, you know, I want to do photography for a living. You know, it's like you're crazy. Go and be a doctor, go and be a lawyer. Yes. Go and be, you know what I mean? And then they meet someone like you and, and now realize that really photography can, you know what I mean? So what can you, I mean, what would you like to say? You know what I mean? Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I think the thing is, look, orig originality is, is, is an important thing. Creativity is an important thing. Sure. Um, and I know it's like quite a sort of, it's, it feels quite vague, but when you speak from your heart or when you speak from your soul, if there's something that mirrors inside of you, commercial work is, a dif is, is, dif is different though. You know, if you, you know, if you've got a client or if you want to do like a pack shot and you need a, you know, like a tin of Coke or whatever mm. it is and a little setup, it's difficult to, you can, you can put something in there, you can put your knowledge in there, like maybe beautiful backgrounds, beautiful lighting and stuff like that. But it doesn't really necessarily speak for, you know, you just, doing the shots yes. and they're probably not shots that are going to be remembered forever and ever because you know like 10 years later they're still doing shots that are like that exactly based, you know on a similar theme yes but what i would say to people is to try and be honest to try and do things don't do and i see this is you know um a lot of social media that it really like uh, it gets my goat is like everybody's trying to be like everybody else that's is what that's what i i, I, I was, was i always say So it's it's just like, and why is everybody following this formula? Yeah, exactly. I find it so boring. Exactly. I love it when people are like, you know, if you're quirky, be quirky. Yeah. You bring the, you know, the, so there's a, there's an amazing photographer, a guy called Elliot Owett from the United States. Mm. And I mean, you can look him up. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Check him out. But he, and I've come to kind of realize that the style of photography that he shoots is one of the most difficult styles. It's the ability to see humor mm. in situations. So you will have, he will see things, he'll do, like I remember there's like a shot of this like old lady, you know, like an older woman who's yeah. sitting at like having coffee and she's got this little tiny little dog that's about this big with these little sure. bulgous eyes. And he's gone down and he's taken a photograph of the dog. <laughs> and the dog's looking at him like, you know, like that way. <laughs> And she, you know, and then there's the shoes and then yeah. the little stockings and the, the, you know, the, like the, the, the woolen dress. Sure. And it's funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like seeing something from a different angle that other people wouldn't, wouldn't kind of see. Sure. So it's like, try and look for stuff that, you know, that's, because th those are the fun things to do. Yeah. And I suppose eventually those things will also come easier to you because you actually, you're knowing where to look. Exactly. Um, try and look for truth. I think truth is a nice thing in photography as well. You know, uh, be truthful. You know, sure. just you know, sort of so bring an honesty that's in your photography. You know, people yeah. people like it. People like it when they feel they can. They, you know, they can kind of see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. What other other things would I say? Uh, you know, I, the thing. What you know? What we didn't say too much about just now about the filmmaking side. Yeah. You know, um, like books or films or stories, when you can try and bring that together in, in, into a narrative, sure. I think there's something much more fun about that too. Got you. You know, a, a photograph is an image. It's a moment that's been cut yeah. and it's there. And the world is full of pictures. That's all the true. The world is so many pictures and that's so many true. beautiful pictures. Yeah, that's all true. You know, you say, I'm a really good photographer. Yes, you know, I have taken many lovely shots, but by no means do I feel that I'm like, so, I mean, I, that I'm so super special, <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah. let's be honest, because there are a lot of beautiful photographs. Yeah. But I think when you work in a medium like film, where there's a group of you working together on something and, yes. you can, and you've got something deeper to tell, That's you know, true. it's not just like, this is, this is it here. It's like that depth and you can make people think and you go make people, you know, like if you could, I mean, I love like documentary work. I love stuff where I love watching movies where I think, wow, 
yeah, yeah, nice. I like it. Stuff you know, that makes like, you think. It makes you think. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I had a, an amazing conversation with somebody this week, and they were saying the problem with today's the, today's future children, mm. you know, people growing up, is uh, uh, let me just think how, what what the best way to put this is is um, the, the the difference in right and wrong things like truth. Mm. You know, it's easy just to be on a mold. We can just all be like, like you know, like this, that sausage machine sort of factory <laughs> stuff coming out. Yeah. But it's like, how do you make something individual? How do you make it like, and, that's, and that is what, you know, I would love to see more of. Yeah. And that's maybe the, one of the biggest things that I would say to people is like, just put yourself in it. I hear you. You know? Sure. Jan, I mean, um, there's so much that I would love to talk to you about. I'm sure at some point, maybe at some point we'll, we'll definitely invite you again so that we can continue because there's so much stuff that I wanted to talk to you about but because of our timing you know so um, any last words you know like where I mean I mean Jan like I mean what where you're going from here <laughs> I don't even know myself hopefully just to better places I don't know I'm, I'm at a point now where maybe I'm thinking of doing more traveling and sure. going to do more landscapes and do things Sure. You know, there's also like, um, and maybe to do more exhibition stuff. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a, there's like a yearning inside that feels because, you know, like commercial work, you can go so far, but yes. maybe I need to, like what I said just now, explore. just to actually make it more me. M more you, because we're doing commission, yeah. like someone else's ideas. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And thank you so much. Sir. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for, I mean, for coming through. As I said that, you know, um, I had to cancel someone. To have you today, you know, when, when, when Marisha said that you, you said yes, I was like, ah, let me cancel this, this, I mean, the person okay. will, will, will be watching, I'm really, really sorry, but we had to. Well, I'm honored, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and thank you so much, I appreciate thank you, thank it. Thank you. So, um, thank you so much, guys, that was another episode of um, our podcast, um, that was um, Jan Ferboom. Um, the legend, you know, um, photographer, le photography legend. Um, so honored to have him today. Um, so don't, for don't forget, guys, to um, subscribe on our channel, download our Apple, uh, I mean, um, Spotify, Apple podcast, you know, download and just share, you know. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Um, thank you so much again, Jan. Cheers, guys. Cheers, eh?